0: Today is Thursday, February 15th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, today we come into the middle of a discussion finishing up on uh, apostles and prophets and prophecies in the church. I think we come in about as that ends. Anyways, then we get into a Calvinism discussion, Calvinism versus Arminianism. Woohoo! Um, it's not yelling and screaming that you're used to. It's a little more thoughtful, so that's good. So if you have questions about that, well... Those will be answered soon. Um, Okay, then we get into hard words. should be a spelling bee. Uh, Doxastic involuntarianism. Um, Big word for saying, hey, you can't choose your beliefs. Uh, So we talk about that. Can people choose their beliefs? Can you choose what to believe? Or do you just have to read books and listen to people, and eventually you may find some new information that you're like, oh my gosh, my eyes are opened. I can't help but believe this. Um, So we talk about that. So it's a little more theological and philosophical discussions today. So if that's your thing. You're in luck. If it's not, listen anyway and share these links. All right, take care. Have an awesome day. See you later. Bye.
1: So let me ask it this way. So uh, Ephesians 4, 11, so Christ gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for service. And it says, until we all reach unity in the faith. So do you, do you think that was accomplished? Have we reached unity in the faith?
2: Yes, that is through the scripture. Ah, okay. That's the scripture. That's literally that's literally why we have the scripture. That is the unity of the faith. The fact that some people are retarded and can't read the scripture, that's not the scripture's fault, and that's not God's fault. That's just people being sinful.
1: And so you're saying essentially the moment the first kind of full Bible was created and disseminated, that was the point of unity in the faith. Is that accurate?
2: No, I would say that probably around ninety AD is when we had unity. So right when 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 John the Revelator put his pen down from writing Revelation chapter 21, that
1: was unity in faith. Okay, but people didn't have full access to the entire scripture at
0: that point, so yeah, it doesn't so seem completely aligned. I think he's saying that's irrelevant because unity in the faith means it's there, like regardless if people are aware of that the whole, that the whole like revelation of God is complete and it's there, um, regardless of that, like it's it's done at like a macro level, regardless of how the individual creatures are aware of it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 100%. Great job. Does that make me closer to Calvinism? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: no, every day you're walking closer.
2: Don't oh, worry, oh, man. Boy. Me and Jimmy and Jimmy's <laughs> wife, we're gonna we're gonna get you straightened out, man. it's gonna
0: be good. Oh Lord. What about CEO? Are you, are you nudging him closer?
2: I think CEO is very close. I think that he understands compatibilism and understands that libertarian free will is silly. I
0: think he's there.
1: Yeah, so. I call, I sent him Calvinist light. Yeah,
0: exactly. See, there
2: you go. I, I like uh, there.
0: I think I'll adopt uh, Felix's term, the babdicostal. I like that one. I think I fit pretty well there
2: yeah, so I just got done reading um, Tom Pennington's um, a biblical case for cessationism. And it's very good and it's very short um, and it's got huge type. so it's like nate friendly.
0: <laughs> are there pictures? No, but it's still nate
2: friendly. I mean I could I could probably make you a picture book of it. or like a pop-up
0: book, you know, like pop-up books are super cool i do better learning from people who spend years of their lives reading these books and then i just ask questions of those people and they just tell me the answer it's like i'm using you as like my uh, google search oh okay or like the ai right yeah i'm using you as like my my human eye i'm your your chat human
1: (laughs) eye
0: h i human eye h i (laughs) So, uh, and, and, the, and then if I have questions, I go back and verify it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so Nate, I think the thing for me is like, even if Calvinism is true, so what? What's the actual practical value of that? There's so absolutely no practical value. It. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's 100%. no value to it. Right. I mean, yeah.
2: It's just, it's like, oh, I know the character of God and I know the character of man. I mean, there, there's a little bit of practical value because then you don't run around like a chicken with your head cut off, thinking that if you, you know, are out sick that day, that somebody might go to hell. That's nice, you know. I to, don't do that now. That,
0: well, I know that's because
2: you have a cold heart of coal, my friend.
0: Well, I notice you, no my one's cor- had- no
2: one's correcting me right now.
0: I mean, you and my wife are the only ones who say that. Chris, are, are you my wife right now? Do, are you using, like, a voice changer?
2: By the way, if you go out, pick up a gallon of milk. Do what? If you go out, pick up a gallon of milk. The children blew through the clock.
1: Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if uh, becoming a Calvinist is a good reason to change your evangelizing behavior because you don't know if part of the journey towards that person becoming part of the faith is like having a conversation that is part of God's plan to help nudge them there.
0: People get bogged down in details. Like, are you happy Jesus saved you? great. Go tell people. Tell people how that can be them. That's it. No pressure. Easy breezy.
1: Agreed.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying we change our behavior evangelistically. I'm just saying, like, to know that it's not your responsibility to usher people into the kingdom is
0: nice. Is that why Calvinists has a tendency to be so mean? Because they think it, it like, uh, doesn't matter at all about them which i would agree with yeah but but, but because they don't it doesn't matter so much that they're like hey jesus loves you and they're like no your god's a fairy tale you're like you're stupid demon ah because like like if would you would you do it differently if you thought that your witnessing did make a difference uh probably wow come to the light
3: I know. I, I I just I don't understand this at all. I I feel like you just completely disregard James and how he admonishes us to use our our witness um, for other people. Like I don't know. I feel like there's you're discounting a whole section of what sanctification looks like.
2: I'm not saying we should be mean to people. I'm just saying that it doesn't have any bearing on their eternal destiny.
3: Calvinism is about feeding your ego. You guys need to intellectualize and rationalize the relationship that you have with God. And
4: I forgot my wallet. You guys trip. Do you, really, do you really want to go there? Uh, like, <laughs> like, uh, I don't do. Let's I, make, let's make really, more enemies. No, because
2: look, I mean, believing that you have some power over God, that he is going to do your will over his own, that is the ego trip.
3: But you don't have to be a Calvinist to recognize that you have no power over God. Like, you don't have to be a Calvinist to recognize the sovereignty of God.
2: You do, because (laughs) Mm -hmm. otherwise you have a false idea of sovereignty. That's the problem. I'm not trying to be mean, Diffity, but like. Like Arminians cannot have a sovereign god. The only consistent
0: Arminian must be an open peace. I
3: don't think Armini- I don't think Arminians have it all right either, Chris.
0: But now you're describing me. oh wait, I, it's because oh it's because I am that, but you're like, No, no, it's not Nate. Nate's Calvinist light. I'm not Is that how you get around that?
3: I'm, well, I'm no, a I mean, traditionalist or a provisionist. I don't think Calvinism or Arminianism gets it a hundred percent right.
2: So that's that's what I'm saying, right? Is like when we say Arminian, that's just shorthand volitions that can be within the pale of Orthodoxy. So you either have to be a Calvinist or you have to be some stripe of Arminian that believes in prominium grace.
3: That's otherwise that's just not true. That's just not true. Oh really?
2: So you can yeah. so so then you I can don't choose follow. God of I... your own volition.
3: Look With it up, Chris, no help from tradi- the whole Holy Spirit. there's traditionalism. There's no traditionalism, which falls right in between the two. You don't have to be one or the other.
2: These are philosophical categories. You
0: do have to be one or the other because what we're talking about. You do not have to
3: be one or okay. the other.
0: Could, we start, well, but Chris, going, going oh, rails. you're start, you're kind of cutting out a little bit. But I was going to say, you, that, I, I think that's a artist, misunderstanding. I think that's a misunderstanding, though, of of where you're coming from, because like no one have, have I've ever said I would agree with you. If I found the person that was what you just said, which is you, you have to believe it's an ego trip because you believe that uh, you, you with no help of the Holy Spirit you can just choose God. The people I know who are most aligned with that would never say that. They just say like you know no one can come to God unless the Holy Spirit uh, you know unless the Father draws them. But that net is basically everyone. So like you would be more correct to look at it from the opposite side, which is no. Yeah. No one is saying you can come to God without the Holy Spirit. Um, they're saying that um, right, pretty That's, much everyone can choose to come to God because the Holy Spirit's call is out there generally for everyone. So you would be more correct to take the other view, which says, can you reject the call of God? Like, that would be a more correct way to approach it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll what amend I'm what I said. The,
0: built- oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, think I say, I, I mean, I'll amend what I said. Calvinism has one value: to expose the illogic of libertarian free will. I think that's the one and only value it has.
2: It, it has other values. I mean, it's knowing the actual like content of the scripture. Like that's that's the point. Like, so so here's the thing, right? Is that in these there's five philosophical categories about how you can come to God first one is called Pelagianism. Okay. And this is, you don't need the Holy Spirit. You with your own will can come to God. Okay. No Christian believes that. Nobody doesn't believe that. Nobody believes that. Okay. Steph doesn't believe that. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is that you can find your inner Hindu and you can meditate your way, um, you know, internally to, you know, your truth, right? This is called Cassianism, okay? It's like the new age of the 8th century. So, right, so this is the other way that people said that you can come to God, is that you find God in your own inner spirit, right? The third way is what we classically call Arminianism, which is exactly what you just described, Nate. Like, there is no difference between what you described and traditionalism or any of this other stuff, it is literally that the Holy Spirit draws everybody, and you can exercise your libertarian free will to either accept or reject God. Okay? So that's an entire category. Dipity, would you feel like you fall under that category?
3: More, so, that
1: than,
3: more so than... Uh, that he only more so than he only draws the elect, yes.
2: Sure, okay. So there you go. You're in that philosophic category, which is in the kingdom of God, right? So we say that those people are what we call semi-Pelagians or Arminians. Whatever label you want to pick, traditionalist, Baptist, you know, I hate all the isms, like whatever, you're still in that category. Can't not be in that category and be in the Christian faith.
3: That does not make make me Arminian, though. There are a lot of principles to the Arminian philosophy that I don't agree with. Sure. Like
2: losing your salvation, things like that. Right. So, like, I'm not saying you're Arminian, okay? I'm saying that there is a category that we call Arminianism because for 400 years that was the only alternative, okay? And so. In the literature, you'll see it termed as Arminianism, but now today we've got, you know, the mushrooming of a million libertarian free will ideas. It's fine. Provisionism and latent flowersism and, you know, whatever you want to pick, it's fine. But it's still in that category. And then the other category is Calvinism. And then the, that last category is hyper-Calvinism. Hyper-Calvinism is heresy just like Pelagianism and Cassianism. And so in the five philosophic categories of how you can believe god there are only two that can be considered christian and so when calvinists say oh you're not a calvinist you must be an arminian it's not that they're trying to put you in a box it's that they're saying oh you're still a christian you just don't have the calvinistic understanding of soteriology that's fine that's all that's being said there i'm just trying to explain i don't
3: like to be put in a box because with arminianism comes Uh, with arminianism comes other labels that do not apply to me at all right so
2: come up with a come up with a better label than arminianism i did
3: i'm a traditionalist
2: (laughs) non-calvinist right traditionalist but i mean like that tradition only goes back like
3: 90 years (laughs) i'm just saying like (laughs) It out. because like, these are because these are man ma- because important. these are man-made labels trying to reconcile their religion with god that's that's all that's all but but i well, i right. don't so, like, adhere to live. calvinism in its entirety i don't adhere to arminianism in its entirety i adhere to what the scripture what the scripture says and sure. uh, they or they, they I, you, you know you no not calling. what no what i have determined that the scripture says for myself i'm a big girl i'm capable of having independent individual thought chris
2: i i totally understand that you know what you should do you should come into um into our room and do the the 11 verse challenge with matt yester have you heard of this no, no probably not okay So all the 11 verse challenges, and this is the the reason we call it the 11 verse challenge, is that people can only get through two or three verses before their cognitive dissonance like overwhelms them and they have to quit. Um, Because Jesus literally teaches all five points of Calvinism in 11 verses in John chapter 6. And so when we say we have biblical soteriology, we're taking that from Jesus, not from Calvin, not from Augustine, not from any of this other stuff. You know, they these people wrote about this and they expounded on it, but Jesus is the one who originally teaches Calvinism in John chapter six. And it's of yeah.
3: un- if you guys wanted to do a biblical Bible study on the book of John and its entirety in the full context, I'd be happy to participate in that. But I'm not a big fan of, let me cherry pick the verse that supports my view. Because you know what? Calvinists can do it. Arminians can do it. Um, atheists can do it. <laughs> we can all cherry the problem, pick verses. The problem, is that,
2: the problem is that in the history of the church, in the history of the church, not a single Arminian can get through John chapter six without yanking it out of its context and doing violence to the text.
0: Except they that's what except throw out the words of Jesus. Except that's the that's the Calvinist cope. Hey, there's a new song. Is anything yeah. you disagree it's like the it's like the Muslims. We totally believe the Bible, except anything that challenges us, then that's corrupted. It's like, hey, you you Arminians are totally in context, unless we disagree, then it's out of context. Like well, that could no, be I'm never just saying, I'm
2: just saying, like I'm just saying, Nate, there has never been, you can go search on YouTube any Arminian or any whatever, non Arminian, traditionalist, latent flowers, whatever, that has been able to correctly exegete the words of Jesus in John chapter six. They have to do violence to the text. They have <laughs> to bring in other texts. They have. I'm serious, like I'm not joking. Like it's do not violence. You know, this is definitely a thing. Yes, they do violent, they have to do violence to the text because the cognitive dissonance of Jesus teaching the five points of Calvinism in 11 verses is too much for them to bear. And they just, so what Malak does, for instance, is he throws out the entire passage. Like he's just like, no, John chapter six is just written about the Jews. He will say Calvinism is true, but only for first century Jews.
0: Well, but then that's okay, so then that
2: because okay. he realizes the cognitive dissonance of Jesus teaching this, and so he has to do violence to the text in order to cover his tail.
0: Well, so that's like Calvin. Uh, Calvinists can't be, beat the one verse challenge, then, like John three sixteen, or you know, whosoever, or one word challenge, like whosoever means whosoever, or all means all. Um, but. We do all the
2: time. I mean, I take John 3, like John 3 teaches Calvinism
5: as
0: well. But then what about the, instead of the 11 verse challenges, because you know, how many times do we talk about, well, look, you take all of the Bible, so how do you reconcile, you know, those 11 verses with all the other things that you would need to take? Um, I mean,
2: we can take them one at a
0: time. We can start in Genesis and go all the way through, and I can show you Calvinism. So no one can beat this challenge because they won't live long enough.
2: Well, I mean, I'm old, so I'll probably be dead before we get moment. But you know, the, the the thing is, is like, look, it is a coherent system, and what Calvinists decided, what Christians—let me rephrase that—what Christians decided at the Synod of Dort is that if you accept Arminianism, you can still use the label
0: of Christian. I'm so glad that's a bunch of fun. dudes at a council decided that. Uh, thank, I think I think them very much. I know,
2: that's that's how you can have John Wesley. It's fantastic.
1: But he, Chris, he, I still he, want to come back to why would it change how you interpret the call to evangelize? Like I understand that it might say to you, "Hey, if someone doesn't convert, like I don't need to feel guilty about it." So I get that aspect, sure. but I don't know why it would change how much you would evangelize it
2: wouldn't like no it's the idea. way would not say
6: it.
2: like the here, way in which we do, like look what is the most what is the most significant and the most impactful sermon in the entire bible in terms of people turning and repenting from their sins does anybody know in sheer
0: numbers in sheer numbers
1: acts right
0: nope not even remotely Wait, the one where it says like three thousand were added to the number that day—is that what yeah, you're that's talking about? Yeah, that's a drop about? in the bucket. That's a drop in the bucket. In the Scripture, there
2: is a single instance where more people were converted and repented of their sins than any other place in the entire Scripture, just in terms of sheer numbers.
0: Okay, just tell new, us. new Testament?
2: <clears throat> nope, not. Nope, it's Old Testament.
0: Oh, okay, never no, mind. No.
2: Tell us. It Jonah. is Jonah.
0: <laughs>
5: Okay. It is yep. yes, God uh, nailed.
2: It. Okay. It is Jonah. You know what Jonah's sermon was? 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned. And all of a sudden, all these people started repenting. It was so ridiculous that so many people repented that it even says that the like, cows repented. Like Wait, you know, it's just Yeah. Are you like
0: are you no I'm I'm saying are Jonah. are you are you trying to get that because Jonah went heavy-handed is like repent or god's judgment will be upon you and and you see Bro. that as like kind of tough talk are, huh
2: he didn't even say repent he just said 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned that was his entire sermon there was no right. content about repentance
0: well okay so I, uh, I, th- that's not what <laughs> i'm trying to get at i'm trying to get at is we we're talking about it's not how much you evangelize or it's, it's how you say it and like you know if you thought salvation depended on you you would be more palatable so are you saying because jonah was like kind of like blunt like hey, you're all going to die. And they're like, oh, crap. Are you saying that's in the same way how you could be like, you're ignorant. You suck. Read a book. Are you saying like that? Oh, that's the, that's your
2: basis
7: for being... Like, look,
2: man. Have you ever heard me tear into somebody that was genuinely asking questions?
7: Uh,
0: well, actually. <laughs> I, yes, Tom, I thought, of...
1: <laughs> What's that nice older lady, Nate? Connie. Yeah,
0: I think. Yeah, but then maybe I mean she's already a Christian, so I don't know. I I mean I would say just in the sheer interest of it, sure. I'm probably I've done that too. I probably like you know I I think of someone right now. Oh, I was he on the phone again. Like I can think of someone right now who I didn't think was sincere. So I, I mean I was a little snippy. I was still trying to answer the question, but it was bothering me. Um, he's like and Chris is like, hey, I think they're being sincere. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like I I mean I'm trying, but they're, they're really frustrating me. Um, so I mean if I can think of someone, I've done that too. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say there's people Chris has done that too. But even if they're not – oh, and it stinks that he's on the phone. But it's for other people's benefit too. So if, if you – yeah, this is just preaching to the crier right now. Chris needs to get off the phone. <laughs> but, I mean, if someone is not sincere, like most people I'd say who, who have these questions are not sincere, um, as long as we just answer the questions and aren't arrogant jerks about it, well, then the audience who – isn't asking questions maybe like, oh, yeah, that is a good question. I'd like to hear the answer. And if they hear a you know kind, decent human answer from a Christian, they'd be like, oh, great. Now I know that answer. Um, what's up, Brando?
8: Yo. Know, I uh, I gotta say I haven't seen the uh, the hellfire and brimstone kind of thing convert all that many people personally
2: well that would be where you're wrong the first great awakening was started by sinners in the hands of an angry god That's did you just answer. get
0: back or did you hear what i said you should listen to no, I just, my, my app words.
2: froze like people were calling me and my app froze and i i was talking and then yeah anyway sorry i didn't hear a word that you said so please go back
0: i'll recap in 30 seconds okay I said I can think of someone I've done that to, so I'm sure there are people who have innocently asked questions that you've done that to, whether you know it or not. Because if I can think of people I've done that to, um, you've definitely done that to people. Um, <laughs> and oh, um, sure, yeah, I, if I've gotten something
2: wrong, sure. Like if I, if somebody's genuinely asking a question, i I and I you know I missed right. it and I thought that they were trolling. Then yeah, sure, I'm sure I've done that.
0: But the thing I really try to say is, you know, I I entertain the trolls, not for the troll, because, you know, if I see someone is like clearly insincere or they're snickering while they're doing it, I'm like, okay, there's no question. They don't care. They're not sincere. They're a troll. Uh, But I do it for the audience benefit because, you know, if someone hears like, wow, that guy asked, like, you know, they were kind of a jerk, but that Christian's like an extra, not Chris, the Christian is an extra jerk. Wow, they suck. Their God probably sucks too. Um, it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't mean if a Christian sucks, you know that God sucks because of that. But you know, people aren't rational. So they're going to think that and ultimately if God wants to save them in your view, God's going to save them. But, you know, why not just be a nice decent person, right? Like the God, the Bible calls us to, you know, season speech and all that other stuff. So my thought is even if someone is clearly a troll, um just answer their question as nice and peaceful as you can. Uh because there may be plenty of people in the audience who are very sincere and even though they're not on stage asking the question, they may be like, Hey, I'd really like to know the answer to that. And then if a Christian just gives them like a jerk answer, like, wow, jerk. Um, or if the Christian's like, Oh yeah, here is it, here it is, here it is. And they'll be like, Wow, that guy was a jerk to so the Christian, but the Christian just, you know, answer the guy's question, and now I know the answer to the question. Huh, maybe I'll read my Bible. Anyway.
2: Right. And not- and Nate, you're a really good example of that. Okay. Like, you have a lot of patience for- and that's why I hang out with you is because that's a skill that I would like to develop. Right? Is it working? <laughs> same, same thing with Dippity. Like, Dippity has a lot of grace for people. And one of the reasons that I like hanging out with Serendipity is because she has a lot of grace for people. And that's a skill that is, like, something that I want to learn to develop more. Right? Because I am, I am all about truth. And the truth is always done in love. But like, And, and I do genuinely love people. Like, I wouldn't be here wasting my time if I was just, you know, wanting to yell at people. I can yell at people on the street, you know, like, whatever. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, like, the reason I hang out with you guys and CEO as well is because you guys have a lot of grace for a lot of people. And that's a great that's a great thing to be around to develop more of that sense of, you know, sympathy. Or I don't like the
0: Uh, Random, do you have anything else to say, or any other topic, or anything? Yeah, else?
8: yeah. I was just going to make a clarification because I was to Chris. I was making reference to my personal experience. In my personal experience, the Hellfire and Brimstone has not converted very many people at all.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, everybody's got their own personal experience, and and people live in different times, right? When Jonathan Edwards was writing, "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," talking about the, you know, you are the spider hanging over the fires of hell. With only a single thread holding you over before you fall into an eternity of torture. You know, it was a different time back then.
1: Well, and, and Rand, I will say in fairness, I have seen it work, but it's in the category of what I would call a good starter, but a poor finisher. I remember like the first lady at our church, like she used to be very rough around the edges, like Chris rough around the edges. And <laughs> we saw um, Passion of the Christ, like as a church. And afterwards, she was like, do you see what Jesus did for you? Nah, 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 do you want to go to hell? And like mad people converted. <laughs> but, but I don't think that's the way you hold people into the faith, because I think that that you can be
0: turned back. Turn or burn, am I right?
2: Turn or burn! But my argument would be that no person in the history of the world was ever argued into Christianity, Right. It's kind of like what Nate talks about, like uh, didactic involuntarism or whatever it's called. Is that what it's called?
0: Like if you're argued but- into it, you can be yeah, it, like if you're argued into it, you can be argued out of it just the same. What is it? What is it? What is it, what is it called? Do, doxastic. Doxastic
8: voluntarism. voluntarism.
2: Doxtastic volunteer. What is that? What does doxtastic mean?
8: It's doxastic.
2: Doxastic. What does that mean? I mean, you might not know off the top here. I mean, I know what the term is, but I, I just don't know what doxtastic means. I guess is that like a mind thing? Is that like a is that like a like a philosophical like state of the mind or something? Like I just
8: uh, Yeah, I it's, a, it's, a, it's it's a philosophical position um, that basically in summary says that you don't you don't choose your own beliefs. You don't choose what you believe in.
0: Well, that I mean, that, that's not that's not what we're talking about though, because um, if you, that that wouldn't have anything to do with the choosing. Uh, well, I mean, I guess unless maybe quasi-related, because like I've just seen it so many times, like we all have. Like, how many people do you know <clears throat> who have been like, "Hey, I'm new to Clubhouse. I don't really know what I believe," or "I'm totally a Christian," or "I'm totally an atheist," and <clears throat> a couple weeks go by, and they go to these different rooms, and people make very compelling arguments that sound really good. So they're like. Um, Oh, I was an atheist. Now I'm a Christian. And then like, like, Oh, welcome brother. Heaven's having a party for you. And then like two weeks later go by and it's like, Oh, now I'm agnostic. I don't really know. Now I'm a deist. So now I'm a Muslim. Now I'm taking the shahada. Now I'm an atheist again. Oh crap. You done messed up. (laughs) Um, because of the shahada thing and now they did shirk. Um, but I mean, how many times have we seen that? Right. So yeah, no, no one's going to be argued into Christianity in a way that it's going to take, um, and I mean, the Bible, it's consistent with Christianity, right? Like um, you need to believe it, like in your heart, you know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, um, not from an intellectual argument. So if people can argue in you into Christianity. You can be argued right out of it. And we've seen that too many times. So I, I don't know if that would. That would really be. Doxastic. OK, let's hang on. Let's find out what the word means. Um, anyway, that that's. What i'm saying about that
1: well i'm not so i'm not going to say the name of the person but there's someone who's been in here a few times and i remember when i first came on the app and was participating in some of these discussions um this person described themselves as an atheist and then later they were a christian and they started hanging out in a bunch of christian rooms and then they question it again and you know save or not so I, I think we we've seen that uh, evolution.
0: Um, Chris, the word doxastic means uh, it's Greek from doxa, which just means belief or opinion. Doxastic means belief or opinion. Really, doc?
2: Oh, so it's different than doxa. Dox. D O X. Oh, that's uh, weird because doxa. D O X A S. T I C. So that's weird because in the Bible, doxa
0: is also glory. glory. Well, yeah, I mean, who? who, I mean, that's assuming that it comes from like that root of dox. So I mean, if you take you know, D O is the same, and then you go X A, okay, that could mean glory, but D O X A S T I C, like even though it starts with like the same three, you know, the same same three letters. Does that mean it, it can't go from one you know, you add more letters and you create a new word that means um, belief. But if you add yeah, a different trail it means glory, that that would be fine.
2: Whereas where's, where's Antonus when you need him? But that makes sense. Like for the Greeks, <clears throat> belief was glory, right? So seems to seems to track. It's interesting. Never thought of it like that.
0: But yeah, for the and that's the thing, like for the record, I I, I don't think we choose our beliefs. Um, I just think you can always uncover more data. And that's the part where, you know, a lot of people f- stop short and there's like, can't choose your beliefs. Huh? Well, that's it for me. <laughs> it's like, well, well, no, you can choose to, you know, uncover more rocks and maybe you'll uncover something that's like, holy crap, I have a new belief.
5: I, like need, right
8: to make clar- I need to make a clarification. So dox- doxastic voluntarism is a philosophical thing where you can choose your own beliefs and so the position against that would be non-dus ass volunteerism. sorry i got this i got this confused i was i just woke up
0: like i can choose to believe that um there's not going to be a lot of dead space and people are going to have insightful and enlightening conversations (laughs) all the time, but I'll continually be let down. But I can try to choose it, and if I try long enough, maybe I'll brainwash myself into believing it.
2: I mean, I guess my point with bringing up Jonah, though, is like, again, the, the content of our speech, or the content of... You know, our interactions with people are not going to affect anyone's eternal destiny. I mean, you might piss somebody off and they don't want anything to do with you. And then you've missed an opportunity with them. Sure.
0: But it sounds right. And and even if I if I take that point, though. And I'm not trying to have a bash on Chris Day. It's just kind of fun from time to time. But I mean, even if I take that, like, yeah, their eternal destiny is not going to be affected if you're the nicest person. Um, and it doesn't take, or if you're the rudest jerk and it somehow works, um, or vice versa, um, their eternal destiny may not be affected by it, but you still have to compete with the rest of the Bible. So if it's like, hey, look, I don't care. like I believe in Jesus. If you don't fine, go to hell. i don't I don't care whatever. like Jesus died for your sins, like you're gonna be a rude jerk. Like, fine, I'm gonna treat you like a rude jerk, you arrogant jerk. And it's like, okay, well, that may not have an effect on the eternal salvation. Um, but, there's also a lot of biblical principles there that you just, um, you know, blew by, and not not you, Chris, but whoever falls into that position, because you know it talks about like you know with gentleness and respect, and let your answers be seasoned with salt, and all this other stuff, and you know, let none no unclean communication, just all the stuff about speech and conduct. Um, so it's like, well, even if it doesn't affect their eternal destination, um, you still need to not be a jerk.
3: Not to mention, you're still going to account sure. for it.
0: Yeah, every idle word and all that stuff. Well, I think it's probably something good to say is that no person ever came into the kingdom until they realize that they are the evil of the world (laughs) and that
5: there's nothing they can do about it and God has to do it for them. And so when you tell somebody, look, you're a sinner and you
1: are
0: condemned to hell unless you repent you're going to hell. I, I mean, that's, that's the message. That's the only message that can bring somebody to Christ. You, you know, you can't argue them some kind of
1: evidential, you know, stuff. It, it has to be moral stuff
7: that brings them.
8: Right. But I, I mean, for me personally, I, I would, at this point in time would not find that convincing in the least.
0: At this point in time. I mean, yeah. no one knows they're in-state. Maybe you'll be a preacher someday.
8: That's what my pastor, like way back when I was a kid, that's what my pastor thought I was going to be. Who knows?
0: Indeed. Have we now and solved it's like, all the problems? <clears throat> well, well, kind of. I mean, I agree with Todd that, that it's, it's really, it's going to be from something like such a severe realization Um, that that's going to do it. Like when you realize, you know, like the skills are removed, your eyes are open, that type of thing. And you're like, oh, I get it now. Like I've heard this thing a thousand times, but now is the day that I get it. Um, And it usually, I I mean, and the other side is it's a play, it's a manipulation, taking uh, advantage of people at their low point. Um, But also that happens so many times when uh, no one is talking to someone at their low point. This may be just stuff they've heard throughout their life when they were raised in church or whatever. So when they hit a low point, like it goes hand in glove with what the Bible says that it, like when they're humbled, like whether they humble themselves or they, they are hardcore humbled by the things of this world. And they're like, wow, I suck. <laughs> like no one's coming to save me. I can't save myself. Uh, I'm not a self-made man after all. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in like a bad place. This is rough. And it's like, who can save me? And then they look at Jesus, you know, this idea of Christianity in the Bible with maybe a different, a little bit different lens. And it's from that humble, sincere place um, that like the scales are removed, so to speak. And they're like, "Uh, you know, I may have heard this a thousand times, but now I really get what they're talking about. Like, I thought I was humble and sincere before, um, you know, even though it'd be like, yes, I'm humble and sincere. But then I, I go like after Christians really hard and talk about how they're God's fairy tales. It's like, well, if you're really that agnostic and you're really that sincere, um, it, it's hard to believe when you take such a ardent stance against God and you're like, I don't know about all gods, but I definitely know the Christian God is false. It's like, well, then how can you also how can you have that stance and also say you're humble and sincere when you try to you know, call out to this God every now and then and, and test this idea? It's like, you know, me, me your words betray you um, versus if something really heavy happens. Um, that causes them to consider mortality or if there's an eternity and then they're like, you know, I'm going to take a backseat to calling your God fairy tales for a while. I'm really going to try to pray to this guy and see what happens. Um, that's usually the kind of testimonies. And by the way, like random, that's what I want to say. Sorry, then I'll shut up for a little bit. Um, when you said hellfire, like, you know, at this point in time, probably wouldn't do anything for you. Um, a lot of the things the Bible says doesn't make sense to to like man's wisdom and how we would do it. You know, like we want empirical evidence. But, you know, the Bible talks about the, the word of our testimony being a powerful tool, and I believe that, right? So sometimes people will share a total antidotal experience. It's like I was doing this, and this happened, and one thing led to another, and that's why I'm a Christian, because this happened. And it's like, well, based on you know scholarship, like no one should believe that based on anecdotal experience or someone's testimony. Um, they could be lying to you. You have no idea. But that also is a powerful – somehow – has a powerful effect, and a lot of people have been swayed by people's personal testimonies um, when you would think, there's no evidence to support this. Like, I shouldn't believe this at all, yet I find myself believing it. Um, And, you know, maybe you would say on a skeptical side, you're just incredibly naive, but if that's not typically your MO in the rest of your life, chances are that's not it now. Um, On the generous side, or on the God side, yeah, the Bible says this is a powerful thing to share with people, and is there any wonder it's working? Like, instead of coming with more YouTube videos of three-hour debates, um, you just said told your personal testimony, and it seems like it's having an effect. Um, so, yeah. Sometimes, like, um, a giant dissertation may fall flat, and, like, a simple testimony may be, like, exactly what someone needs. Okay, I'll shut up for a minute.
8: I mean, in my personal experience, because uh, over the last few years i've had uh, a number of conversations with theists just kind of gone out to lunch and that kind of thing um and and a large number of times when they tell of of one of the like pinnacle things in their lives that, that that really affirms their faith it's like a specific occurrence that they're like wow wasn't that amazing how that happened and i'm like i can see how you can see that but like was it impossible for that to have occurred naturally and they're like well no and i'm like okay there it is like it, it wasn't a miracle it 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 just happened and it's the way that they're interpreting it that that makes it seem so fantastical and it, it's it's the structure of their faith that that kind of like promotes them to view it fantastically but at the end of the day, yeah, there was an uncommon occurrence. Like that kind of thing happens all the time. It's only in like specific moments that, that, that people seem to be viewing them fantastically. But, you know, coincidences and uncommon occurrences happen often. That doesn't mean that every single time that they happen, they're these miracles.
0: Sure. I'll give you that. And, and that's say, why listen.
8: I. I was going to say, that's why I, I don't particularly find t- testimonies uh, all that convincing. Now, again, I, I do delve into it. I don't just write things off right off the bat. I I do approach things with an open mind. Maybe this time it'll convince me or something like that. But uh, it just, it's just, it's not all that convincing.
4: Well, yeah,
0: and I'm saying it's more of a, it's more of like a, from my view, more of like a God thing, right? Like you can hear uh, a very five people give similar type of experiences over your lifetime. The first four may not have done anything for you because of the reasons you just said, but that fifth one, I don't know, maybe, maybe something's happened in your life and you're more receptive to like spirituality or something. And you're more like, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe I'm truly agnostic. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Maybe atheist doesn't fit me, blah, 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 for example. And then someone tells you their story, their testimony that you've already heard four people in your lifetime over like 30 years, tell you very similar stories. And you're like, no, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. And this time just something clicks. Maybe it's not with their story. Maybe it's like inside yourself. So when you hear that story, that was like just the thing you needed to be like, huh, God, um, nothing to do with like rationale or antidotes or whatever, but just like, if that's your time, that's your time. So like if your heart is sincere and humble and all that, um, Somehow more like sensitive to this. That yes, um, I I agree. This could be fabricated. They could be lying. Um, this could have naturally occurred. But this time, yes, I somehow am compelled to believe this is God. Um, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's not so much with the the line of reasoning or the argumentation, but it's like this this spiritual thing. If you're humble, if you're seeking, if you're sincere, it could I could just say, hey, cricket, and you're like, wow, God. Um, right. So, I mean, it's, it's not like, um, not like the words have power is what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's God who's in control. So if God is doing something and, um, you know, you're sincere, you're receptive. I think that's where people usually end up with their own testimonies that are like, Hey, I was in this religious discussion. This guy is just talking about crickets. And I, I, all of a sudden, you know, I've been seeking, I've been trying to pray to this guy. He was talking about this God he was talking about, and he was talking about filled crickets. And I just, I just realized, I'm like, huh. Did God make those crickets? Hmm, crickets. They wouldn't have souls, human souls. Oh, huh. God. And something just clicks. I don't know. Chris, can you un un do do unviolence my analogy there?
2: I, I I'm lost. I mean so I guess I'll just say this. So so random I get my confidence in the truth of God not from some type of, you know, sensory experience, right? Not through like, oh, this miracle happened to me or anything else. It's just through the transcendent Word of God. That's all.
0: what he said.
8: I'm trying to be more succinct. My is is it helping? No, no, no. You were very succinct. You you were we were certainly very succinct.
0: Well, do you have any idea what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I realize I took quite a field trip there.
8: But oh, I do. Yeah, The, yeah. the point so, is, it's so... not the words. <laughs> I no, no, no. I, I I I endeavor to make sure I understand what people are saying, even if their words aren't working well. Um, the uh, w- the gist of what you're saying has to do with kind of a, a spiritual ineffable experience, um, kind of like to oneself, and I just I just don't see it. I don't I don't see how that occurs. I don't see how it could occur. Like it's just I I don't understand how you can make a reference to spirituality when spirituality is in and of itself seemingly ineffable.
0: And that that's kind of like my whole point. Like you will be that way until you're not that way. Like like I don't see how it can occur until you're like, huh, now I see how it can occur.
8: I understand what you're saying. I, I can't say that I, I can relate or, or agree with it.
0: Yes, I I understand why you say that. I would expect no less.
8: <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we're at an understanding.
0: <laughs> uh well. What's up, Saint? Anyone else have anything to say? You know, in my defense, I've been sick all week. <laughs> Just gotta put that out there.
2: <laughs> no, nah, you're fine. Yeah, I, yeah, JC got the got the flu on Friday. <clears throat> I was fine all through the weekend and then Monday I catch his flu. Which is fantastic. And now I'm I'm finally better, but like all of my congestion has now hit my
0: my lungs. Oh, you want to hear a gross story and then and we'll say hi to honest or maybe we'll just skip the gross story. Yeah, we'll skip it. Okay. Well, okay, Chris, the guy's name is honest inquiry. Here's your chance to practice being nice. <laughs> hey, honest. What's up? It's been a while. Hope you're doing uh, well.
5: Hey, Nate. Hey, I, I, did I hear you say a while ago that you're a Doc Zaxic involuntarist? involuntarist?
0: Uh, we were talking about that. What that uh, talking about what that meant um, exactly and the root of it. By the time we were all done, as uh, Random most recently told us, doxastic means you can choose your belief. Non-doxastic means you cannot. I am of the belief that <laughs> you cannot choose what you believe.
5: Yeah, that's a doxastic involuntarist, which means you can't choose your belief. The doxastic voluntarist means you can choose your belief. You're the first Christian that I've heard say He's that right. you're doxastic. Yeah, oh, you're okay. the first Christian I've heard it's oh, doxastic l- l- involuntarism and doxastic voluntarism.
0: Okay, yeah, so let's, let's just make sure we correct that. So it's not so so the, the it's doxastic no matter what. It's not doxastic or non-doxastic, it's doxastic that's correct. on either side, and then it's voluntarist or involuntarist. Okay.
5: So that's correct.
0: Doxastic
5: means – that's correct. I was okay. wrong. I'm sorry.
0: So if I think you cannot choose your belief, it's doxastic involuntarist?
5: In involuntarist, that's correct.
0: Okay, and, and Like I can kind of get, I mean, it's a very, it's a very kind of like needle thread whenever I say that, because, you know, some people usually use that as well, Christian, it doesn't matter what you say. um, You know, I can't choose my beliefs. So, you know, you need to come with a better argument. So I'll just sit here until you do um, because I can't choose what I believe. Um, But I I kind of take it a little further. I'm like, well, I believe that you, you can't choose your beliefs, but you can choose to take in new data. So if you take in new data, you could uncover something that you can't, you can't help. You're like, wow, I just uncovered new information and I have to brainwash myself to not believe it. That, yeah. That's kind of the approach I take.
1: So I wonder like how you feel Nate? about, you can choose what you want to believe and then you can choose to train yourself or take in information that helps you get to that belief.
5: You can, yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't think it, can, I don't think it works that way. Yeah. I don't think it works. That, so I, I'm, I'm with name. Brainwash it, yourself. It, it, you, you can, you can brainwash yourself, but, but you're going to arrive most likely at a, at a belief that's not true though. If you're just brainwashing yourself. I have a
1: you real life example of this honest. So, so give me your feedback on this. Right. So I used to just love sugar all the time. Right. And I decided that I wanted to believe that sugar isn't great for me. And so I started reading, you know, looking at courses on it, looking what experts say. And now, like, sugar isn't as big a deal for me, right? And so I consume it way less, like 80% less than I used to. So how does that fit in terms of your view?
0: Well, can I speak to that first? You, you just answered your own question. You started looking at what experts said. You started looking at the effects. You took in new information.
1: Yeah, yeah, but my point is I wanted to have a new belief before I could have that belief. It didn't just change. It was a goal. The belief was a goal.
5: Well, I would say that that you probably already knew. I I would say you probably already knew that sugar wasn't good for you, and and you wanted to reinforce it probably, right? I I don't— yeah, I and you found stuff that supported it, right? Um, it, it, that's what I would say. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, but I, I previously believed that the happiness sugar provided me outweighed the negative of it. So that's so, where so I was previously.
0: So for me, it's too far in the weeds already. Like I would just say, like you know, you like you can't choose your beliefs. If I say, CEO, oh, the sun's blue," you're like, "No, it's not. It's yellow." I'm like, walk outside. You walk outside, look up, the sun's blue. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> the sun is blue. Your belief has changed. The only way to not believe that is to like be like, the sun is yellow, the sun is yellow, the sun is yellow, the sun is yellow. And eventually you're going to brainwash yourself and maybe into thinking, okay, when I see that what everyone else calls a blue sun, it's yellow, I see yellow. Um, so so on its face, just the simplest reading is you can't choose your beliefs. If someone hits you with some knowledge or with, with something that, is so compelling that you would have to like be like no it didn't no it didn't no it didn't no it didn't in order to believe that that's not what we're talking about i'd say you've successfully brainwashed yourself at that point um and you know do what you will um but the first thing is what i mean and from a christian standpoint if you like kind of brainwash yourself into being a christian that's like antithetical to the point anyway you know the bible talks about believing your heart and confessing jesus as lord so if if you're like well, you know, I want to have some religion. I'll just pick Christianity. Uh, okay, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Um, I don't think that's going to be able to extend to where you're going to believe it in sincerity, the way the Bible is talking about. Like, that needs to be authentic, um, not through some sort of coaxing or, like, you know, repetition until you've brainwashed yourself into believing it. Um, so from my position, it doesn't matter anyway. It's like, no, you need to come freely, um, Chris, cover yours. come freely because god is drawing you and you you recognize that and you're like yes i believe this i'm all in that's why i'm a christian because i believe it and uh i i can't believe anything else because i can't choose my beliefs jesus is lord
1: I, i i've studied neuroscience and neuroplasticity quite a bit and what i can say is that the brain ultimately can end up believing something until the point where you forgot you believed the other way and you can be a true believer. So, Nate, if you said to me, so right now I believe Joe Montana and Tom Brady are the greatest quarterbacks ever. If you said to me, Nate, Raul, by this time next year, I want you to believe Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever, I could get there in a year and it absolutely be the case and me argue it and be a true believer
0: so i'll let honest jump in after this but i'll just say i'm going to stop way short of that conversation like my int- my in- my dog in this fight ends with hey what do you currently believe um uh you know you're an atheist oh do you think jesus is lord uh, do you think jesus is god uh, no i told you i'm an atheist oh okay well and then i don't know through through whatever they they have meditation they pray or whatever something happens that so is so compelling to them that it forces their belief to change. Like, now I'm a Christian. Jesus is God. I, I know this. Here's the information. Here's why I believe that. Or, or whatever. The sun is yellow thing. I'm like, great. That's as far as I go. Um, if the conversation continues to, well, okay, if I try this technique and if I do this long enough, nope, I'm out. Talk to someone else, which will be um, honest. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you on the belief in God, right? But, you're, you're, but when you say beliefs in totality... I disagree, but if you're talking about purely the belief in God and you're not able to choose it, I agree with you. Well, your sugar that thing. Is true of all things in life. That, well, that's yeah, my opinion.
0: even even your sugar thing. Like how you're like, well, I wanted to do this, so I told myself it was good. Like, no, I'm out. I have no part in that conversation. <laughs> like if you're like, no, sugar's great. I love sugar. And I'm like, well, look, here's here's evidence that says that sugar is bad. Just read it. And you're like, okay, you you've told me sugar is bad. You've made your argument. I'm not convinced. I don't believe it. Um, but then I'm like, bro, just just read this. And you start reading it. You see studies. You see things how sugar causes all these problems. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have to just I have to just like I now have a new belief. Sugar is not healthy for me. Sugar is not good. Um, that's what I mean. Um, and then if you say, well, actually, I read this and now I know sugar is bad, but I really want to make myself believe sugar is still good. Um, I'm out. Talk to someone else. Uh, but honest, set and got to respond to you, I don't think. Honest. Hey, thanks. So, yeah, I I
5: just don't see how, um, I think that you're convinced of things. How do you control what convinces you? I don't know how you do that, right? Um, That's weird to me to say that that I can choose to believe something because I'm convinced of something for reasons. They may be good reasons, they may be bad reasons, but I don't see how I can control what those reasons are, right? When I come across a piece of information and it convinces me... how? I can't just say, well, I'm not convinced, even though I'm convinced, and I don't see how I could say that I'm not convinced when I am, or that I. Either way, I just don't. Uh, how, how do you do that? That just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's. It, it's, oh. it's and, uh,
0: Jeff, I'm not really sure what happened, uh, but your your voice is really. We we heard everything, but it's really choppy. It's like. Uh, so I I don't know what happened, but just um, if you can plug something back in, but go ahead, CEO.
1: Yeah. So so so, honest, it's just called neuroplasticity. And you can also train yourself to take in information and always question the other side of it. Right. So like one thing I try to build myself into doing is when I believe something completely stripping it down and looking at the other side of the equation. Right. And I'll admit that things that are deeply emotional, like faith. Yeah, I think that's much harder to do. But unlike regular things in life, plenty of people have neuroplasticity to be able to change their beliefs. I mean, there's a whole industry called motivation built on it. <laughs> well, hang on, neuroplasticity. Oh,
5: no, Jeff. To do with being able... uh, uh,
0: right. Yeah, you got you right. got to do something about the audio. That that's just um, I don't know what happened, but it got really bad. How about How now? now? Is it any uh, better? No, not at all. It, it, I think it's just like bad well, signal or something. Like I'm, gonna, able to, I'm gonna go out. i to go out and come back in. I think that'll help. All right, let's let's give just a second.
5: Um, how about now? Hey, that's fixed. Yep, it's good. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Okay. So, neuroplasticity plasticity has to do with with learning not beliefs right so so yes you can learn new things but beliefs don't work like learning does right um it, it just it's just not the same thing to be convinced to, to, neuroplasticity has to do with learning and knowledge not not really beliefs i don't think um so yes i believe you can train your brain to do things and learn new things but you can't control what convinces you of something
6: i don't see how you
5: do that how, how do you how do you how do you control what convinces you something's either true or not? I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: So habits are based on beliefs, right? That is, That is the core of what makes a habit become one. You believe in something, then you change your behavior and you have a new habit. And sometimes it's done consciously, but sometimes it's done subconsciously. And as I said, I, I, I've been involved in the inspirational industry for 20 years And the whole industry is built on the idea of changing your beliefs. And there's a lot of people who have guided many people through this process very successfully, and it has helped to transform their lives. So I just think that there's tons of practical evidence of this. And again, I gave you the way. It's basically when you think you are convinced of something, completely strip it down, look at the opposite perspective, sit with it and see how convinced you still are.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you can't learn new things, and I'm not saying you can't challenge your beliefs, but I, 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 still say that it's a matter of coming across information that changes your mind. Look, if you, if you could choose your beliefs, then, then you should be able to right now convince yourself that Santa Claus is real. And I know that's an old trope, and I hate to, I don't want to trope it out, but I mean, seriously, it, why, why, why can't you convince yourself that Santa Claus is real then?
1: Because I would say, like, if there's a scale of 1 to 10, you can change beliefs on things that are between a 3 and a 7. Anything that's a 1 or a 2 or a 9 of a 10, you cannot.
5: Okay, maybe if you say I have beliefs that are like, I believe that, you know, I'm, yeah, okay, uh, if, if if you're talking your about like <laughs> self self-help if you're talking about self-help stuff or how to improve yourself or your diet and and beliefs you might have about things that are not that impactful maybe politics or that kind of thing but 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 things like that matter like the earth being a globe and that that you know that you're a human being and you exist and this is real and you know those those kind of things i don't I don't, the, the things that really matter in life i don't i don't think you can change i don't think you can convince yourself of of well let me uh, I believe, believe something that you don't believe
0: hey, let agree. me bring some other let me bring some other people in here real fast michael i want to know based on what you've heard on given the the scale of beliefs on you know a, a scale range do you now have new beliefs that you are powerless to change based on that
4: conversation uh no and, uh, and honest is a th- hey, honest. By the way, long time no chat. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, hey, Michael. Honest is, honest is a thousand percent right. Uh, neuroplasticity has to do with with function and organization. Um, it, it it doesn't it doesn't impact what we believe. It impact it impacts how we uh, intake, uh, organize, and retain information. That's pretty much it. Um, so yeah,
5: you said that much better than me. Thank you. <laughs>
4: it's it's okay, it's a little bit of what i do um so but yeah it it's and that's just that's just the kind of the way it is um and so see maybe you mean something a little bit different um but i mean like neuro like exercises in neuroplasticity are used a lot after um uh things like uh, a uh, sorry a, a acquired brain injury um uh, things like this to to help people it helps with people that are having um neurological deterioration. Uh, like I'm sure Nate would think that Joe Biden requires it. Um, and you know, so, like, uh, I'm sure, you know, other people do as, uh, as well, but that, that's just kind of the way that is. And I also agree, like, I don't know if I, I could say it differently, but probably not better than, than honest said it. Like, I mean, you know, like you can talk about, you know, Santa Claus, but I've heard other kind of, and yeah, they do sound kind of tropish. Right. But, you know, if, if you could choose your beliefs, then, you know, choose to believe that we're not having this conversation right now. Like that would be, that would be on the level.
1: I spoke to that one though, Michael. So I said, if there's a scale of one to 10, you can change beliefs on things that are between a three and a seven. Okay. I'm not saying you can change things that are at a nine or a 10 or a one or a two. Okay. So I'm saying that there are things in life and there's a thing called cognitive behavioral therapy, which leverages neuro- neuroplasticity to facilitate belief change. This occurs. It occurs all the time. Like there's an entire industry built off of it, Very successful. Plenty of people have changed their beliefs.
4: Yeah. But a lot the problem with that is, so I practice CBT, right? I, I, I use that on an almost daily basis between that and solution focused brief therapy. Those are the two modalities that I employ on a daily basis. And you're right. There is a whole industry, but unfortunately, a good portion of that industry is largely pseudo and less scientific. And I'm not I'm I'm not trying to impugn any what anyone does, and certainly not you, not with you or any things that that you've done. But there is a large portion of that community that is much more pseudo scientific.
0: See you. Go ahead. Go ahead and respond, and then I want to get reggedy and in uh, okay. This. Go yeah, ahead. and
1: Respond. to uh, you. Yeah. I, I was going to say something in twenty seconds. I want Michael to just give a quick response. So, Michael, if I were to say to you, Michael, I want you to believe by this time next year, that mm-hmm. North Carolina is the best state in the United States. Are you telling me you don't think that by this time next year, you could get to that belief and truly be uh, uh, defend it and think it's true?
4: No, positively not. Be, because it would depend on so many different things. Like one, you know, and like bias is accepted, right? But I, I, I don't think I could recognize any state as the best place to live. But that's because I'm Canadian. Um, But um, like, I would have to, it would would depend on how you were defining best. And then I would look at the metrics under that. And then I would, as Honest said, and I just continue to agree with, I would either be convinced by the metrics, or I would not be like, we would look at things like healthcare, education, education. Uh, in income equality all these different things and we would apply that we would apply those metrics and compare them and contrast them with other places and come to determination like um, you know, all of those different types of things i agree 100 percent. but i couldn't, cho- uh, but I couldn't
0: uh, choose to hang decide on, I, want, I want to get raggedy in too. Okay. raggedy what's up
7: yo um i'm enjoying the conversation and i've learned some new things and um like i've been hanging out with muslims for the last two weeks like english uh practice practicing muslims and and basically comes down to with people who practice a book in a specific language uh it comes down to let's go back to this book that we label holy and and then your civilizational belonging because if you're in a ex-christian or christian civilization sphere it comes back to this and then you guys are practicing it Right. So you're developing a narrative. You're learning labels like Calvinist or whatever else that I I coming from a, a different part of the world or, or uh, disconnected from it. Like I, I, I upgrade through you guys. But also like when CEO, like you're talking about Santa Claus and he says like the, the scale from one to ten. I've never encountered that thought. I don't know if he took it out from a different author or he came up with it. But it's interesting. But it didn't come from the Bible. Right not a quote from the Bible, but it's an interesting thought for, for me as someone who tunes into uh, the community that uh, practices Christianity. And, and I, I think it's valuable. Like, I, I've also I haven't used the word sustain, it's a succinct in a while. And, and I Googled the, the spelling of it and I clarified it in my mind. So you guys, you know, you brought on, on a humble level, you you've um, helped a fellow non-Christian in whichever way and form. Thanks all right, for your so all right, we so can Michael, help you I, further I, if
0: you have questions. Feel free to ask him. Uh, CEO.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, so Michael, I, I, I want to accept a challenge from you, Michael. I want you to name any part of Canada other than like Yukon Territory that you want me to believe is the best place to live in Canada. And then a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, whatever it is, go ahead and bring it up. And when you think I've forgotten it, right? Because I probably will even. I'll spend a little time studying it over the next week and then not deal with it anymore and see what I say. So go ahead and name a place.
5: So, Michael, what you should do is name the very worst place you can think of in Canada and think if he can convince himself of it.
1: That's, an ex- that's too far and extreme on, as I said, between three and seven. So it has to be a reasonable
4: place. Oh, Winnipeg.
1: Okay. But no 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 winnipeg
4: is terrible uh even people that live in winnipeg don't want to live in winnipeg um i would say i would say problem let's see um hmm bamf b-a-n-f-f, B-A-N-F-F. Hey,
5: I, got gotta run guys appreciate the right, take That's care, honest. you got it
6: did um, you get that ceo bamf b-a-n-f-f, B-A-N-F-F. Perhaps,
4: uh, perhaps one of the most beautiful places on the planet.
0: All right,
9: there's your challenge. uh good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> I was just morning, curious, so if, if, not much. I was just, or just about to truck through some snow, but uh, if we can't choose what we believe, what, what is controlling? With what we can believe like i know 100 percent, i can be deceived and i can look back and and figure out the reasons on why i was deceived like what i came in agreement with what so but if in the atheist view what what controls what we believe if we don't control it we have no no say in the matter. What would the atheist say that controls what we believe?
4: Am I the only atheist on stage right now? Where did random go? Um,
7: no, uh, you're okay. not the only one.
4: Oh, okay, well, yeah, then you take a crack at it. Uh,
7: I think it's a fluctuation in disbelief. It's just a label, right? At, at whichever point, but if you if you associate, if you have bad examples of people who use the identity atheist, you might be challenged into choosing another hat and saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Calvinist. I'm a whatever. I'm a Protestant. I'm I'm a Catholic, Buddhist, um, mushroom, psychedelia.
9: Okay, sorry. Just take out the We're Just forget I mentioned atheist. What do you believe controls our our thoughts or our beliefs?
7: I think it's just God playing all of us as uh, marionettes. So at whichever point, it's just, the 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 god uh, doing me you and and we're just experiencing it and sometimes it's unpleasant because unpleasant it's it's a part of pleasant and the whole
9: so are you okay so you are a believer then you're a theist Uh,
7: that's the fluctuation right so if i experience something that i can't explain at the moment i might be like oh i'm experiencing god i'm on ayahuasca i'm hallucinating elves and whatever and and then it goes down a notch you know and then it comes back to like humans that didn't do ayahuasca and they're like oh read this book it's gonna explain things to you and then i might you know go down that rabbit hole
9: yeah and i would say like it's it's choices that you choose is what like if you're a critical thinker you're gonna think things out more thoroughly than somebody that doesn't And you're going to come to different conclusions than somebody who doesn't. But that's still under your control. Wouldn't like if you study things, somebody tells you something and some people just believe it. They don't second guess it. If somebody else is a critical thinker, wouldn't you agree that the critical thinkers are going to definitely come up with a different conclusion than somebody who's just. And then that's, that's, them making the decisions.
4: Well, um, yeah, but the pro- and the problem with something like that is that someone thinking critically. Raggedy, I apologize for interrupting. Uh, the problem is you can you can be an incredibly critical thinker and still be wrong. So just because someone has taken, so just because one person looks at it and says, um, you know, it's like I mean, and it, it changes throughout our lives, right? Like, so when we're children, we, you know, we, you know, through through evolution. You know, we we trust our caregivers. Right. You could take a child and you could you could condition a, a small child. And every and when the child starts asking you questions. Right. And, you know, two years old, three years old, stuff like that. Why is the sky blue? And if you said the sky is blue because of blueberries, the child would believe you because the child trusts, you know, like uh, implicitly trusts their caregivers and they would believe that wholeheartedly. Until they went to school and they put their, threw their hand up in the air and said, why is the sky blue? And you throw your hand in, because of blueberries. And everybody looks at the kid and laughs at them, right? So, but you, you take that and versus, and uh, contrast that with someone who's an incredibly critical thinker, right? And looks at things and analyzes things. And oh, you know, it's blue, light, light refraction, things like that. Okay, fine. Um, but you can still think critically about something. And, and this is something, and you know, not to start a massive fire, but this is something that I think people who, who look at holy texts, not just, to to focus in on Christianity, they look at it and I think they get it wrong.
0: Um, I think we've belabored this a lot. I wanted to, I guess, sheep, maybe they came up to talk about this. So maybe give them a thought, but sheep was the, uh, was the GIF you put in, was that from a movie called the gamers? The what? That guy, it was like, looked like an elf with ears.
6: I think just so. Put I'm it not. <laughs> I just put it out because that was raggedy. Oh,
0: never mind. I yeah. thought you. I thought you were like were intentionally doing that. I was gonna say that. That is awesome. That's one of the funniest. It's like the most low budget, <laughs> like live action video. Um, Michael, you're you're a fellow D and D person. Have you ever heard of D&D
7: Wait? D&D? What's the movie? I want to. I want to write it down.
0: It's called The Gamers.
7: Okay. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Michael, do you not know, know what I'm talking about, Michael? No,
4: I'm not familiar. What,
0: what, okay. Uh, well, anyways. If you're a fan what of, like, that role-playing at? games or, like – okay, so he, he – you know how you can do the little gifts in your PTR? He did one, and it was from that movie, which made me laugh because I thought he did it intentionally. And it's, like, the most, like, low-budget movie ever. It's done with, like, a cam, But it is hilarious. Like, if you're a fan of RPGs and stuff at all um, – anyway, so I just wanted to ask because I saw that thing. But it, it's, it, you should check it out. I mean, it's free on YouTube. Just type in the gamers, and I – There's two gamers. Um, One is spelled with like a Z and one is spelled like gamers. I I think this one is spelled gamers the correct way with an S. Um, If you find a gamers and you're like, wow, Nate recommended an awful thing. That's the wrong one. I I think it's the gamers G-A-M-E-R-S. But there's like gamers one, gamers two, gamers three. Anyways, it it is hilarious. Okay, back to what we're saying. Sheep, did you want to say something about this discussion? And then I'm going to have to start wrapping it up.
6: Yeah, I think uh, on defense of CEO, I want to say I can, the only thing I can think of people like, yes, uh, convincing themselves that is clear, is that uh, people, let's say, who have no relationship with their fathers for a long time, and they're adults, eventually they meet that person. um, And that person tells them, hi, he's their father, right? Uh, Some of them will go as far as to like, confirm through like you said education sources like to go into like lawyers or DNA test but some of them would say they convince themselves and they'll say I choose to believe that's my father I don't want to go through the process of all this to disappoint myself so I'm going to believe that's my father right and these are adults that you can like think of and see and uh, you can hear actually on a few online and stuff like that and so like those people have made the choice to make themselves believe that that is their dad, even though he is not, right? There are clear like examples of those things that you have actually the choice that you eventually make yourself believe, um, sometimes through sources that you go through. Uh, but most of the times, the thing that we believe is that someone else told us or resourced and gave us that resource. And we said, okay, this is reasonable to believe in this thing. And so we make ourselves or we choose to believe in that thing or we choose to not. So again, I think uh, what CEO is saying is clear in uh, that way. So I just wanted to say that. Well, thanks for that. Anyone have a
0: couple of quick final thoughts?
4: Wonderful. <laughs> Nothing that wouldn't take us down another rabbit trail, sadly. All
0: right. So uh, my final thought, let's see, would be, you know, repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> I mean, all this other stuff is fun. And even though we use big words like doxastic and uh, you know, uh, can't choose your beliefs. That's what we're talking about. And regardless, like, you know, if you think you can or think you can't choose your beliefs from the Christian perspective, uh, look, if you can get to believe that, you know, there is a creator God and there's something credible to this Bible at all. You humble yourself. You are sincere. You pray to this Jesus that you think may or may not exist. Um, you take a shot exercise some faith and see what happens. If something so compelling happens in reading the Bible and praying to this God talked about in the Bible, uh, that you, you just can't change it. Otherwise you'd have to stick your head in the sand. Then I guess you believe in God. Now, um, if you think you got that by way of choosing it, fine. Um, you know, there's practically, there's not much difference in what we're talking about. It's like earlier, we talked about Calvinism and Arminianism. Practically, there is no discernible difference It's all like intellectually how you approach it and philosophically how you view it. But practically, in the day-to-day, it makes no difference at all. Uh, Just like, you know, whether you think you can or cannot choose your belief. Practically, it makes either very little or no practical difference at all. Um, So for my dog in this fight, uh, you know, repent, believe the gospel, pray to Jesus, follow him. That's it. Um, Anyways, thanks for being here. It was a fun discussion. I will talk to you all later. Have a good one. Amen. Have a good one.
8: Cheers.